Good morning, everybody. Sports and Ish is back with Misty V and Vince Edwards. We are sorry for the tiny little sabbatical that we took, but life happens. Uh, Vince was busy. I was busy, but we are back. Hmm. Vince, how's everything going? Uh, good. I started, kind of got my season started away here in Israel. Like Misty said, we have been busy. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, I play <laughs> basketball. So <laughs> my life required me to pick up and come to Israel. We finally started our preseason, got our next uh, preseason game coming this Wednesday. And then we get, we get off to everything that counts from there. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah, you actually had a game today. So yeah. You're a little tired. Guys, for, for everybody who doesn't know, he's seven hours ahead of, of our Eastern Standard Time here. So I really want to thank you for coming on. Evening, your time. <laughs> no problem. No problem at all. Yay. So um, you had mentioned FIBA, and I actually, I, to, I wanted to be fair in saying that there's not a lot I knew about FIBA. So I was doing mm-hmm. some reading, and it looks like Germany became yeah. first time ever world champs. Yeah, FIBA. yeah. Yeah, Germany became first time ever world champs. Uh, I mean, FIBA was really as wild. Um, there's no guaranteed wins. Obviously, you had some yeah. dominant wins, but it's for people who don't understand how European basketball is played and how FIBA style is played and how much different they prepare than the United States. I think yeah. they need to understand. And me growing up, what people don't know is I grew up around European basketball. My father played for about 13 or 14 years. So I like, know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I really grew up in Europe, like half my life, like childhood. I uh, lived in France, Greece, Italy, Germany. So like I got to experience some high level people, high level players got to watch guys like Tony Parker, uh, Andre Karolinko, like a lot of those guys before they came to the States, you know, my dad played against the Michael Pitchers and the Pitchers twins. Anybody from France who knows them, I'll tell you how tough they were back then. And I think the biggest misconception we have is we can't have like just training camp and just like, okay, we got guys who, we, we select, we just select, we select, we select, we select, we bring these right. guys together. We try to have a training camp for like a week or two. And then we think we're going to come over here and compete. And when I, why I say over here is because I'm over on the other side of the States. I'm actually over here. So right. I think the big, I think the biggest problem with that is, is these guys have to come in and try out for their teams for one. Some of them are selected. Like obviously everybody knows Dennis Schroeder is like, but it's, he's the best guard that they have in Germany. So of course, Dennis really? is going to be on your team. Yeah. He's nice. like, I mean, he's an NBA guy. Like, and that's another thing people are, don't have the conception of like these teams who are winning. They do have NBA guys as well, but they also got the concept. These guys play this type of style their whole life. So they had to adapt to the NBA style. And yeah. so when they come back here and play this style of basketball, this is the game they don't just like for us, we only know the NBA, but when we come over here, we have to adapt to their style. So right. I think that's, that's an advantage. Um, and yeah, we know like there is the top people in the game right now are, you know, some European guys, you know, Giannis, you know, Jokic, Luca, those guys. So yeah. they're, you know, hats off to them and the way they play. But back to what I'm saying is we can't just throw people together and then like, okay, we're going to go compete. Yeah. We're the NBA. Yeah. We're supposed to have like the best guys. You can argue right. our main guys didn't play. You can argue these things, this, that, and the third. But yeah. people don't understand how hard it is to play FIBA style rules. It's it's a lot different than American rules. There's a lot physicality is different. The rules are different. It's just different. It's a different style of play because they're for one for people who don't understand. 
we have defensive three seconds in America. We don't yeah. have that here in, in FIBA in Europe. Really? So most, so most of the times, like when Anthony Edwards or these guys are blown by guys and it's good because he's so explosive. It's like a God's gifted athlete and he works hard. So I give him all the credit, but it's God given as well. So he's able to, to go through contact and explode and get through and, you know, get through another person and find the open guy and do things like that. But in the NBA, those guys are getting dunked on because you can't sit at the rim. So all these bigger guys get to sit at the rim and wait for them. So that's one thing that you have to get used to and adjust to. And that's just one of many, like it's like I said, more physical, there's no special treatment. So they're not getting those fouls that they're used to getting called. Uh, no one really wants to see USA win. Let's just say what it is. Like, yeah, we're the most entertaining country to watch, but when we come over there, refs are not always on our side. So that's, let's be honest there. So there's a lot of things that real basketball fans understand and the real people who know both sides of the game. And then there's a lot of people who don't understand and they're just fans and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you need to do your research on FIBA and don't think just because we are NBA guys that these guys are just supposed to come over here and win. There's basketball players everywhere. My college coaches say that all the time when we would play smaller games, quote unquote trap games, you know, schools who, who were smaller than us, but, Guys have something to prove. They see guys who play in the NBA, they're going to play their hardest every time, 150% every time, because they want to prove that either they deserve a shot or that they're better than us. When there's guys that play in Europe that could play in the NBA, like, so people need to understand that. And then there's guys who are just strictly made for Euro ball. And when they play FIBA ball, these guys are strictly made for FIBA ball because one, these countries, they've been playing together for a while. They got their guys. They got their chemistry. Their teams rarely switch up unless it's like a younger guy that comes in and mm-hmm. just has to change the dynamic a little bit. But yeah. like Luca and his like team, they've been playing together for a while. Dennis Schroeder and his team in Germany, they've been playing together. Like these guys know each other. So we just try to throw the best group of guys. That don't mean we have the best team chemistry. And that plays into effect down the road. So um, I think when it comes to FIBA, I think when it comes to FIBA, I think people need to understand that because it irritates my soul. I love basketball, watch basketball, study it. It's if I'm not playing when it's all said and done, I'm probably going to be doing something that evolves around it still. So just being a student of the game and knowing that that's just how you got to look at it. So I wanted to ask you a couple of questions about that. You talked about the team chemistry because you you Mm -hmm. played here, you played here in the States, you played in the NBA. So the team chemistry, would you say it's not that well glued together over there? Then it's just you you guys aren't necessarily all about camaraderie there. Is that that how it is? No, I don't even want to say necessarily that because they do have like a a small training camp, right? Okay. Versus if you watch two years ago, they had like Euro basketball and some of the NBA guys came back over here and played for their countries. So they do things like that year round, or we'll split into a FIBA break or whatever break we have. And there's nice. guys on our team. Like I have a point guard on my team. He's Israeli. He plays for the Israeli national team. Like they'll go and just do a camp with their team for like a week or two, just to go keep that chemistry. Then they'll go back to the teams, respect the teams and finish out the season. And the NBA, we're not doing that because we play 82 games a season. So there's nobody breaking off. Like, Hey, we got time for team USA during the season. We're going to come back and practice. No, an NBA for nobody who knows practice is rare. Like once yeah. the season starts, it's, it becomes a form of entertainment. It's also a business. So practice gets really light and lets us get into the playoffs. So once the season starts, you're traveling city to city, road trip, road trip. You're going uh, three games and three nights or 
four games in five. Like, you got a long road trip. Like, sometimes I'd be gone for a whole week and I wouldn't be able to come back to Houston at the time or wherever and until next week. That's just the way life is. But so people need to understand those things. Like, regardless of what, they break down and go do those things. So it's not that we didn't have team camaraderie or chemistry. It's we didn't have enough time to build it up. And so I I know once the Olympics comes, I think they'll take a page out of Coach K's book. Anybody who's watched the Redeem Team documentary will talk about it uh, and know about that. And they'll probably try to hold a camp. I mean, everybody talks about Gilbert Arenas getting cut. And Gilbert was pissed off about it because it's like, you got to understand how good of an NBA or how good the Olympics team was for Gilbert Arenas to get cut coming off. Uh, The dude's nickname is Hibachi. I, if you get that type of nickname, that means you're just cooking everybody on defense. He was going out getting 50, 40. He had 50 against Kobe and when Kobe in his prime. Like, dudes wow. like that are getting cut from our team. So when you do it that way, it makes it a little bit more sweeter and it makes guys go that much harder because it's like, okay, we actually got to come in here and compete. We didn't just get picked. Like, yeah, everybody knows LeBron's going to make the team. But LeBron's not going to go in there like, hey, I'm already making it. No, he's going to be the hardest worker. He's going to be a leader. And he's going to be in there teaching guys the ropes, guys who've never played FIBA ball or guys who haven't done it at this level. Like, we got a lot of guys, like, growing up, we played uh, 17U, 16U, 15U, 18U championships. Like, go to Colorado Springs training, train in Colorado for, like, a a week or so, two weeks. And then you would head off to the other side of the country and versus, like, you know, there's 17 or under kids, 18 or under kids. So, when you get to the actual – professional level is just a whole new game. Nice. I like it. Thank you for that, by the way, because I was trying to do my own little research on it and I felt stupid. Like I felt like I did not want to come into this conversation with you, not being able to hold one with you when it came to FIBA. No. I don't. <laughs> yeah, it's different. Yeah, no, it's different with like, it's different when I was, like I said, I have the advantage because I grew up around this type of basketball. Like my dad made it into the NBA, but he got more money to come here. So he was in preseason with the 76ers, but obviously he had us, he had his kids, he had a family to provide for his mom, brothers, et cetera. So he took off. So I, I got to live that life while also coming back to the States and being around how we played a style of basketball. But yeah. so I, I know it both ways. So I was very fortunate because of, you know, who my father was in our background that I, I have this knowledge now. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're going to keep sharing that with us because we need no, you. No, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Very cool. So go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, let's, what was your opinion on the Laos guy that said, you know, they're not NBA champ. They're not world champs. They're NBA champs. I seen, uh, I don't know if you've seen that. There was a uh, the guy from the Olympics. I just saw that this morning. I just saw that yeah. this morning. Yeah. What, what, so, uh, okay. So I, I didn't read the full story again. I was kind of in the middle of 10 different things, but I did see that this morning, I think on the Bleacher Report. Um, yeah. What exactly was he talking about when he... When so he, he so when we win the NBA championship, we put NBA, like we put world champions. Yeah. And his, and his dilemma with that was, I come and compete against everybody in the world to win my gold medal. You guys only compete. Yeah, you guys only compete on the American side, but then you call yourself world champs. Yeah. So like I'm not I'm not I don't disagree with what he said because Greg Popovich also said this years ago. Nobody had a problem when Greg Popovich said it. 
So I think it's his delivery that threw a lot of people off because it might've came off of arrogant or cocky. Cause he was like champions of what? Like it was, it was strong and he, and that's how he came off. But at the end of the day, I get it. Like people come to the NBA, like they want to come over here because they think this is the highest level of basketball. So they think they got the right to give themselves quote unquote, the world champion just because of the simple fact that there are Europeans that come and play basketball. And there's some Europeans who change the style of play of basketball in the NBA as well. So I think, like I said, his comments rub people the wrong way because of his delivery. But honestly, I don't think he was wrong for what he said because you're only competing against, you know, Americans and some European players. You're not going. Yeah. So when you go win a, when you go win the Olympics, now you're a world champion because you yeah. beat all the other countries. Yeah. But if you if you win an NBA championship, then you're just an NBA champion. Like I don't, yeah. I didn't see nothing wrong with it. I don't see the controversy. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I know that you know we have the top players in the world. You know, majority of them. So uh, yeah. it's it's I, kind of a fifty fifty. But how do you feel? I agree with it, uh, and I'm just going to reference CrossFit for example. So when somebody wins the CrossFit Games, they are deemed the fittest man or woman on the earth because they have literally scoured every single country. Take, they took like the fittest people from each country, brought them into one place where they all competed against each other. So then you get to say that you are in fact a world champion. You are the fittest on earth, but the NBA has not done that. You're correct. They have not taken everybody who was the absolute best at every single country and said, all right, now we're going to have you guys all compete against each other. Then you can call yourself world champs. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. yeah, 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 most definitely. I, I yeah, <laughs> we just leave it right there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I the, yeah, yeah, I want to shift gears a little bit because now football has started. It is a us. so we promised to everybody that we would switch, and we know things kept happening, <laughs> but we won't stay on basketball forever. Uh, kind of want to start. Week one was a little rough for us as Cincinnati fans, uh, unfortunately, unfortunately. But I think the the biggest narrative of week one was 85 total yards between top four highest paid quarterbacks throughout the entire league. Right. It was like, I think it was like 81 or 85 or something like that. Something crazy. So So bad. It was so bad. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What did you see in that time? Uh, Obviously we know our story for Joe Burrow. I don't want to make excuses for him, but the guy, was late coming into so he lost his step. But what did you see from the top quarterbacks around the league? Obviously, Jalen Hurts has got a chance to bounce back this week. But sure, uh, and I just mean, kind of comment on that. You lost guys like Aaron Rodgers in like four plays, but I think I think it's just week one, and I think if anything, we've seen not that we're all about the Bengals, but if anything, we've seen teams bounce back even after an zero and two. You know what I mean? I don't ever. Yeah, for sure put any salt into game one or even game two. I think, I think we can start really projecting and kind of calling out things by game three and four. I think some of these quarterbacks didn't really get a lot of preseason action. Uh, a lot of these players, wide receivers didn't get a lot of preseason action. And I think that when we look at the next coming weeks, we're really going to see uh, how some of that uh, camp work really kind of rolls out. I think it's too soon to tell. I don't think anybody should be pointing the finger saying, oh, my gosh, these quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. (laughs) Let them get warmed up. Let everybody get together. You know, we've we've got teams that have new offensive coordinators. We've got teams that are out there with 
uh, completely different uh, DB line in the back now. So they're trying to get readjusted to that. But uh, we yeah. just saw with the Cleveland Browns, their defense, their offense look clean. We'll see if teams like that can keep it together. Again, game one, anybody's call, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sold on Cleveland's defense for sure. Their defense is always solid. I don't think their defense in like the past eight years has ever really been a problem. Is out of yeah. the offense going to keep the defense off the field long enough for it not right. to be a problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I won't knock their defensive game because they've always been a strong defensive team, especially you know Miles Garrett leading the charge. And they're just one of the best at pass rushing and getting into the quarterback and getting in the backfield. Like right. they have some special talent up front. I think for us personally, like like you said, for the Bengals, it's just I took a lot of heat first of all here because. <laughs> I rep, I rep the Bengals hard everywhere I go. I, I got a lot of heat after, you know, our guy being the highest paid player. And then, you know, he had a had a performance that I think he'll ultimately bounce back from. But, yeah, I took a lot of heat that, that day. But, um, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it got ugly in the locker room for sure. But uh, <laughs> I think I think for the Browns, I think their offense look good at times too. Uh, I think a yeah. lot of times they capitalize off of our defensive mistakes and off of us just not having enough camaraderie. Like you said, with that DB backfield, just having a bunch of new people back there that haven't really played yeah. with each other. And I'm not going to take credit from Deshaun Watson. I think people keep forgetting. Obviously, he had those things happen with the allegations and everything. Nobody's ever not going to mention that. But people forget the type of guy and player he was even beforehand. Like, right. He barely had any help in you know in Houston with the Texans. They took away D. Hop, his number one target receiver, and he still was almost winning the Texans games. So now that he's actually got weapons, he keeps, you know, plays alive with his feet. He's mobile. He's able to make the right passes on, you know, on the run, accuracy, see down the field, go through his read yeah. and his progressions. I don't think nothing should be taken away from him. I think everybody, obviously, we're looking at, oh, you know, their defense is good. The Bengals are just so bad. But, yeah, man, give Deshaun Watson the credit. He's still like a top, easily top 10 quarterback in the league. It's not even close. So I don't want to take anything away from him yet either. Hey, that dude, I, I got a lot of faith in him. Though I, I don't agree with all the other stuff. I'm just talking about him as a player personally. Right. Like him as a him as a quarterback. He's a top ten quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. So speaking of quarterbacks, you know that Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. He's already had the surgery. Uh yeah. I I think um I think the rumors may be, though, that the Vikings' Kirk Cousins may get an in-season trade to the Jets. Like, what are the chances? Do you think that's a possibility? I think that's a terrible trade. <laughs> Why do you think that's and not, a and not on And not on the Jets' part. On the Vikings' part. Vikings' part, right. Um, like, what are I, – I, this is no disrespect, but who is the Vikings' backup? I I really don't even know. Isn't that terrible? And I'm not know. I'm not being I haven't really gotten to watch football a lot than even last year because I spent so much time over in Europe the last year and a half. Yeah. So like I'm I've been six to seven hours ahead. So a lot of times when it's time for me to watch these games, it's three or four in the morning for me. But of course. At, at the end of the day, why you got Justin Jefferson, obviously yeah. Probably top three receiver. At times, you could argue he's one or one A and one B mm-hmm. up there you yeah. know, with Diggs, Chase, those guys. Okay. Why would you take away the chemistry that they have between each other? Very good mm-hmm. combination. And try to bring in – who are you going to trade? What, so, who are they trading them for? They're trading them for, for Wilson? Like, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, end season trade for who? 
I don't know. Jaron Hall looks to be their backup quarterback, and I really don't know much about Jaron either. But yeah, that's the rumor as no of this morning. To, yeah, there's no disrespect to him, but it's like, where are you guys going with that? Unless you got Tom Brady, you're about to get out of retirement and come put on the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I just don't see why, you, unless you just have as much faith in, in Hall, then that's okay. But I would not be ready to make that in-season trade right now if I'm the Vikings. Yeah, if I'm the Jets, yeah. If I'm the Jets, I'm pushing for it, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's going to sure. do nothing but help them. But if I'm the Vikings, <laughs> well, not, yeah. with, not with the Jets. Like, if you want to try to go trade for another quarterback somewhere, I, I agree or something. But I yeah. don't know. That's that's a bad That's a bad rumor. It's a horrible rumor. Unless they know something I don't know. That's a horrible rumor. <laughs> we'll see. You know, everything always comes out. And there's always so many politics going on on the backside of things. And uh, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't see any of that till it's all said and done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, super fun. What do you see about Josh Allen? I've, I've, I, I try to give benefit of the doubt for him as a quarterback. But uh, I think it's time to have a conversation about him, like his his winning percentage is obviously much better. He's got, yeah, I think he had a total of like what twelve losses before the the last one, yeah. and like the last two seasons or three seasons. And I think he has great team, great system, great player, sure. even better defense. But I think at times my problem with him is the turnovers. When it's late, and when it's late in the game, and it's time for you to be who you're supposed to be for that Buffalo Bills team. You know, these guys are, are looking at you to be the leader. And I feel like he just doesn't make the brightest play. Sometimes he makes a head scratcher. Like, where were you going with the ball? Yeah. And I know he's a hell of a quarterback, but you'll watch him all sure. game, make reads, make passes, make plays, keep plays alive on his feet. But I just don't understand sometimes late game thinking, right? I've never been a professional quarterback in the NFL, so I would never sit here and say I know what it feels or how it feels, yeah. whatever. I, did I play football? Yes, but I'm not going to sit here and be one of those guys. But there are times where you can clearly see when the, when you're throwing in a double coverage or the read is just not there, you get yeah. rid of it or scramble, but then you end up just throwing it and it ends up being a pick. Like I, I don't know if I can keep giving him passes when we're talking about the elite's quarterback like we're talking about the Patty Mahomes the, the Joe Burrows you know uh, Jalen Hurts is creeping up there now because he's you know trending up but when you're talking to, and Josh Allen is still in that top you know top three to top four slot but at the end of the day his his decision making in big games or when games are on the line is questionable would you say that there's just a lot of inconsistency on his part like in terms of you know, game, it, game, I mean, game, I don't snap, even think it's, inconsi- I don't even think it's inconsistency. It's just literally, like I said, it's a head scratcher because mm. I guess if he was doing it all game, dude comes out and he's, he's like this clockwork and it's not even close. It's read, read, read. It's not yeah. there. I'm running. Uh, it's, he's making all the check downs. He's seeing the field. He's seeing the coverages. And then all of a sudden, I'm not going to say it's pressure. I'm not going to say it's that, but it's like, all of a sudden in some of the most crucial times of his career or in games, yeah. he's throwing picks. Yeah. So I don't believe it's inconsistency on my part. I just, I don't know what to believe. Like I said, these, these reads or these passes are head scratchers. Right. So I don't want to call that inconsistency, but I don't even know what to call it at this point because yeah. I feel like another quarterback that was like that, I'm not going to say they're the same, but Tony Romo was like that. 
Really? You think so? Yeah, Sonny Romo will be having good games, solid games. And I only know because my brother and my uncle are Cowboys fans. So if I was ever with them, I had to watch a Cowboys game. And you'll watch Sonny Romo all game, make these crazy reads like, hey, you hear Tony Romo on broadcasting. He's talking on the TV. He's calling out the plays before they even happen. And it ends up being the exact same play that he was just announcing for. Like, he's literally calling out these plays. It's like foreseeing the future. And it was the same way when he was in the game. He's making the right reads, the check downs, the zone coverages. He's taking them apart. It's somewhere, somehow, before a quarter comes, it's a pick. It's a turnover. So, like, yeah. I'm not saying they're the same quarterback, but that's the same tendency I'm seeing between yeah. the two. I think, I think too, this week one, I think there were a lot of teams that saw uh, some turnover. You know, the Panthers were one. They lost to the Falcons game one. Um, but it's Bryce Young and a young quarterback. We're not yeah. talking about – we're not talking about a first-year guy, second-year – we're literally talking about a guy who we're, he's supposed to be getting to the Super Bowl. He gets to the AFC yeah. and he's supposed to be taking the franchise over the hump. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't really want to talk about what it is. Those guys, we understand they, they're still coming into their own. They're not going to be perfect from the start. There's no rookies that are going to come in and do that. But as yeah. you, as a veteran has been through this league and been in some really big games, yeah. I can't understand why there's still the same things going on. Yeah. Well, maybe that will bring about some change with the Bills over the next season. So, no, the coaches spot that that pattern, then who knows? Yeah. Who knows? So, uh, week two we have coming up. We obviously have some games. Uh, wow, it is Friday already. It's Friday. Um, yeah. <laughs> we have some games coming up on Sunday and Monday. Uh, Bengals against the Ravens, uh, another AFC North. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey, you know, I'm I'm actually really pumped for that one, but um. No, I I love the game, but that's. Uh, Burrow got a haircut, so <laughs> apparently that might change uh, everything. Apparently, he got his haircut uh, specifically because he didn't feel that the long hair maybe brought him luck. You know, he lost the game. He said he wants to go back to his previous world, so he cut his hair off. Superstitious. Okay. I know. Superstition. I'm superstitious, I'm superstitious though. Yeah, I'm about to say I'm the same way. Like if I feel like if something ain't working, we gotta we gotta switch it up. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like I will actually keep a background on my phone when things are going right in my life, right? And I'm afraid to ever change that background on my phone because things have been so good. Like I don't want to change anything. My whole theory is oh, if yeah. it's not broke, we'll fix it. <laughs> Never fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Never oh, in a million years for sure. <laughs> Um, all right. I, you know what, that's pretty much all I've got for like week one, other than the NBA did, uh, obviously have some new rules on resting healthy players. Um, yeah, we can can talk about that next week if you want. Um, we've got a minute before we got a minute before NBA kicks back in, although I'm already counting down. It is next month, October 24th, but who's counting? Um, (laughs) not me. (laughs) Yeah. Seasons roll around fast. I know. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm so pumped. Uh, but that's it. That's all I've got. I'm out. Do you, do you, want, to go to the, do you want to go rest on the beach now? <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, today's, today's Friday. Uh, it's the Jewish New Year here in Israel. So a lot of us are going to, a lot of the imports, Americans are going to other families that work inside the organization, going to their houses for dinner tonight. So uh, cool. miss, I miss my beach time, so I'm on my way there here in about a, a 30 minutes or hours. 
Nice. Very cool. Yeah. All right. You guys, thanks for coming back to Sports and Nish. Again, we are sorry for the tiny little sabbatical that we took, but we are back. Misty V, Vince Edwards. You guys can find us on every single podcast platform, all of them. iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify. Find us. We're on YouTube at Sports and Nish. You guys have any questions, shoot them our way. We are also on X, formerly known as Twitter. Find us there. Tag Vince Edwards and some fun stuff. I know the X thing is so weird. Still getting used to that. But tag Vince, ask him questions. He's your FIBA expert. We're going to call him that. Um, (laughs) You guys have another great week. We will see you guys next Friday after another week in football and more FIBA fun. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks. Thanks.